0: Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. Uh, we're going to have a quick podcast today where uh, we're going to talk about the uh, a little bit about the trade deadline, but also about the Cubs' prospects for either winning the National League Central or getting one of the three wildcard spots in the National League. So a lot was made of the Cubs' uh, the run-up to the trade deadline and how many games did they have to win before, that you could convince Jed to buy instead of sell, and there were sites where they literally, with like eight games to go, would be like, if they go 8-0 or 7-1 or 6-2, then they'll probably buy, and then if they go <laughs> if they go 5-3 f- uh, or 4-4, four four, then Jed will just shit in his hand, and uh, if it's worse than that, then they'll sell. Um, it's the, the thing that cracks me up about it is so Jed built this team in the offseason with the idea that they were going to compete for the National League Central or a wild-card spot. That was the stated goal. And then here we were four full months into the season, and he couldn't judge whether it was working or not, which gives you just a tremendous amount of, um, of confidence. What you'd really like to think is the reason he was on the fence was because they were so drastically underperforming their... Um, what their expected win-loss should be based on how many runs they were scoring and how many runs they were giving up. Which, as I wrote today in the newsletter, is, you can put that solely at the feet of the dumbest manager in baseball, uh, David Ross. The Cubs, according to that metric, should be 14 games over 500 and have a three-game lead in the Central. Uh, instead, they are two games over, and um, they are tr- they are in third place, and they're in Fifth place in the wild card spot. There's currently a a tie for the third wildcard spot, and then there are a couple of teams, at behind that, so the sixth. Anyway, they've got a ways. They, they've they've got a, a a hill to climb, still. Um. But they they are playing well. They have played well now since um. Well, since June, but <laughs> remember they had the—they went on that great run before they went to London. Then they won the first game in London. They were getting it back to 500, and then the uh, Cardinals uh, hit, hit a ball to Trey Mancini, and Trey didn't know whether to shit or go blind, and he kind of laid on the ground for a while, and, and then Marcus Stroman completely melted down, and then he continued to melt down for five more starts after that. Now it turns out he's got a wink-wink hip inflammation, wink-wink. Uh, Really, we know that's an inflamed ERA. And then they didn't play very well for a while. And that's kind of when everybody was in, "Eh, shit, I guess they're just probably going to have to sell. And we had the very intelligent arguments like the ones I made, which was they shouldn't, at the least, they shouldn't sell. Maybe just don't buy if you're so worried that you might not contend because of the fact that we really wanted them to keep Cody Bellinger through the trade deadline and spend the last couple of months kissing his ass to try to prime him to return, which is what I think they still should do. And I saw that our favorite uh, prospect pervert, the one who uh, is, likes to tweet out congratulations to scouts after they draft players, <laughs> just most ridiculous thing. Um, he pulled a clip from Jed's weird-bearded um, post-trade deadline press conference where... He thought Jed seemed really confident that the Cubs could re-sign Cody, and I saw a guy who I think is just sleep-deprived. They should be confident, and Patrick Mooney pointed out on The Athletic a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, time has lost all meaning, the Cubs can keep Cody. It's not that hard. They just have to make the biggest offer. And honestly, you would think since they have worked with him all year now, and they seem to... You know, like what they're getting, and he's played very, very well. Uh, that they would make the biggest offer. Other teams don't have the first-hand knowledge that the Cubs do. Plus, you do have an advantage. Now, I don't like the hometown advantage thing. Like he's going to just take a take less money to stay, as if he's just what too lazy to find a new condo. Um, the advantage is all things being equal, meaning money, a player is going to go where they're they think they're going to be comfortable and. Assuming that he really does like his time in Chicago, if the Cubs are, have the same deal or as somebody else, which means they're going to have to pay up, this is not, they're not a discount, he'll probably stay. And that would be a good thing. Uh, when they went ahead and made the trade on Monday to get former Cub, uh, Jamer Candelaria, who I will admit I thought his name was Hymer for some reason, like until he was a Tiger. <laughs> Uh, Jamer. Um, You know, he's a good offensive player, and you thought, all right, that's a good move. And then he ended up being, like, easily the best offensive player traded at the deadline. It was a weird deadline. With so many teams within reasonable shouting range, there weren't a lot of sellers, and there weren't a lot of buyers who really seemed like they really wanted to spend, you know, a lot of capital, unless you were trading all your top prospects Uh, to get the Mets to pay one of their superstar pitchers to pitch for you. Uh, When the Cubs got Jamer, that immediately seemed like a good idea because here's a guy that could fix your hole at third base, not just this year, but another guy that you get. You know, he obviously, he seemed to enjoy his time with the Cubs. He was very excited to come back, so he seemed to enjoy his time with the Cubs as he came up through the minor leagues and played, uh, was it 11, 15 games? I forget what it was over two seasons. He is a 2016 Cub, so now Kyle Hendricks has company, the guy who was here for like a week that year. They had Another guy that if, if it goes well these last couple of months and they decide that that he's going to be our third baseman, um, they probably can, they'll have the inside track to sign him. It was weird though that when he got uh, non-tendered by the Tigers that the Cubs signed Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer and not Jamer, and they paid Trey considerably more. Jamer was on a one-year, $5 million deal with the Nats. Um, he'd had a bad year in 2021 with the Tigers, but he'd been or in 2022, he'd been really good in 20 and 21. And switch hitter, switch hitter could play third, could play first, as they're going to force that down our throat. Um, but they were in the, we need veteran leadership crap mode last offseason, even though supposedly they hired their manager because he's a great leader of men. But it doesn't matter. Jamer's here now, and Trey, much to everybody's surprise, is gone. They basically have, they're going to eat nine million dollars and have Trey play for, let's face it, nobody else. I'm sure he'll sign with somebody here once he clears waivers, and then they'll be like, ooh, he can't play anymore. Which is too bad. Trey seems like an awesome dude. He has a great story. and He just, he has no bat speed. And that's very difficult to hit major league pitching when you've, Swing like you're um, underwater, so that's not going to work. But the Cubs made that trade and they thought, okay, good. That's like the hard trade to make. Right now, all they got to do, all they have to do, is find a lefty for the bullpen. It really would be nice to find a better bat for the bench than the guys they've got there, and then see what happens. And they didn't really do anything. Um, they did swing a trade uh, with the Royals to get um, the great Jose Quas Quasimodo Uh, they immediately sent him to uh, Iowa but he only spent it, I don't even think he actually made it to Iowa which is the best way to go to Iowa is to not ever get there Uh, he got promoted when uh, Marcus went on the injured list and we saw his funky submarine right hand stuff, this is a guy who uh, we always joke that a guy pitches so bad he's going to end up on the Long Island Ducks he actually did that (laughs) He came up as an infielder for the Brewers. Not came up. Came through their system as an infielder. They decided he couldn't hit. They turned him into a pitcher. They gave him, like, 13 games and said, nah, you suck. The Diamondbacks had him. They said, no, you suck, and they let him go. And then he was out of affiliated baseball for, like, two full seasons. And he was, like, working for FedEx and playing for the Long Island Ducks. And then uh, he got to the lowest rung of Major League Baseball, which is the Royals. And um, had a decent year last year and not a great year this year. But he's one of those guys, oh, the pitch lab. They're going to fix him. So we'll see. Uh, he's up now. But they didn't do anything else. Um, Jed claimed they didn't really get close because prices were just too high the final day. Well, maybe you shouldn't wait until the final day. You could have decided that your team, you know, you could at least tinker around with guys, you know, tinker around the edges of your roster, but he didn't do that. So they get Jamer, and then uh, smart guys like me immediately start trying to think of lineups, and one lineup they've been using uh, against uh, right-handers has... Um, Cody Bellinger at first base and the great Mike Tachman in center field, and he thought, "Oh, that would be good." And then they could play, they could play Jamer at third in that lineup, and that would be good. And then he wouldn't have to play Nick Madrigal. Uh, first game, right hander on the mound. There's Jamer at first base and Nick Madrigal at third. But last night, um, they didn't do that. They had a completely different lineup. They played Jamer at third, and they played Patrick Wisdom at first. don't quite get that, but that's fine. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into another rant against Nick Madrigal. I would just say this, and I, I did write this too. That one of the things that worries me uh, going into this playoff push, the Cubs are right there talent-wise with a bunch of with both with the, with the Reds and the Brewers. I mean, there's not a noticeable talent difference between the two. Maybe the Reds have more talent, but it's young and it's terrible fielding the ball. We've seen that in the last couple of days. The Brewers really can't hit. They can pitch, but they can't hit. They've tried to help their offense a little bit. Um, but, I mean, come on. The wildcard teams all have flaws. This There's a playoff spot to be had here for the Cubs. And it's going to take some managerial finesse get through this and I just really worry given the guy that we've got managing this team that he doesn't know which end is up. Um, and one of the things I wrote about was, I think it's fine as much as I don't like him, it's fine to play Nick Madrigal a little bit right now because he's hitting and it's fine to play Talkman because he's hitting. He's actually hitting really well right now. But these are kind of fringe big leaguers, right? I mean Madrigal, oh he's got great bat to ball skills, blah blah blah. He's He's like a He's he's like a 280 hitter at best in reality, with no power. Who's playing out of position at third, and he still gets oh he's great look at that he made a play. Uh, all right, that's if the ball is hit, I will give him credit. If the ball is hit reasonably close to him, he will make the play. He's defensively he's Ron Say. The Cubs had a stumpy little third baseman in from like 1982 to 1986 named Ron Say, a former Dodger great, who. Had no range and not a great arm, but if you hit the ball close to Ron say you would be out. And that's pretty much it. You could hit it over him, you could hit it around him, but if you got it, hit it at him, and he his range was far worse than Madrigal's even. In fact, that they with him and Larry Bow they used to grow the grass so high that Ron would like disappear if he came in for a bunt. You just see the top of his hat. Um, but if Madrigal is contributing on offense, I can see playing him. I and Talkman right now is hitting well enough that he should be in there. But you need your manager and your fancy analytics guys to keep a pretty close look at both guys' numbers because they are both playing at an unsustainable level for them. And what we don't need is to ride their regression back to their true value just because. Oh, he's been hot. We're going to see if he gets hot again. No, we're going to be ruthless about this shit. And while you're hot, you're playing, and as soon as you cool off, back to the bench. Um, if they if i thought ross could do that i would be fine with it but i really worried that you know he's got a lot of dusty baker in him and it's funny because he hate dusty and him hated each other it Was one of the things i liked about ross was that when he was on the reds with dusty and, dusty and david ross hated each other it was great he actually played really well for the reds and they got rid of him because dusty hated him so much um, but i see a lot of this loyalty to to players for no reason crap that we had um, with the dust bag. Um, it really kind of feels like, and it's only been a couple of days, so who knows, but given Seiya Suzuki's struggles, it kind of feels like there's kind of an awkward Seiya-Nick Madrigal platoon that's about to happen, where if if you want to take Seiya out of the lineup and play Madrigal, you're just going to play Talkman in right field, and Heimer's going to play, Jam- I said Heimer, Heimer's going to play first. <laughs> um, and then if you decide you're going to take Madrigal out of the lineup, then uh, Jamer's going to play third, and you can put Saya back out there, and you can have Talkman in center, and you can have Cody at first. So it's two right-handed hitters, in effect, platooning. Uh, the thing I don't like about that is even as much as Seya has struggled, um, he's just a lot better player than Nick Madrigal, so maybe play him more. Let's see if that shakes out. Uh, but the Cubs didn't make it, they, they did make a trade. They traded the great Adrian Sampson to the Rays, and I saw like experts saying, "Oh, a sneaky great move for the Rays." It's like, look, I know the Rays work magic with like league average dudes, but I mean, the Cubs love Adrian Sampson, and they are at least two, well, they're at least one and a half starting pitchers short right now, and they didn't even bother to try to give him a shot. So. I wouldn't get too excited about that. I did like the fact that the guy they got in that trade, uh, Kevin Roberson's son, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, there was highlights of him and another pitcher for some reason. It was like they were alternating. This was the only highlights anybody could find of the guy. And, and it was two guys who threw really hard for the Rays and the Miners. And it was a it was a cut-up of like each of them throwing five pitches, and none of them were strikes. <laughs> Every single one was a ball. didn't get swung at. It didn't even get approached. It was like, nope, that's way too high. So we're not going to do that. But that was that was exciting. You could watch that. So the last two nights, the Cubs have absolutely obliterated the Reds um, because the Reds uh, can't pitch and they can't play defense. What they can do is they've got a lot of exciting young players, including the great LA De La Cruz, who people may not have noticed, not hitting very well um, once the league got a good look at him. But he can do a lot of cool stuff, so people still like that. Um, But the Cubs scored 20 runs one night and 16 the next. It was nice to see Sposea and Ian Happ homer in the same game, and both of them hit homers off of a a catcher, which was great. Although Happ did hit a home run legitimately off of a terrible Reds uh, reliever, but a guy who's at least employed uh, to be a big league pitcher, even if it is the Reds, you know, that comes with a, a qualification. Um... Hap is, I believe, hitting 208 since June 1st. So that's nice to see. But, oh, lately, really stinging the ball. <laughs> I love the Hap defenders. They have to, like, find these little narrow ranges of, look at this, uh, there's a four-game stretch here where he slugged over 450. Did he? Congratulations. Glad these are starting left fielder on our, the team we root for. That's terrific. Uh, one of the things that the, people talk about the Cubs, uh, one of the reasons that uh, Jed was compelled to um, to not sell was that not only did the Cubs keep winning and shamed him out of selling, but their their schedule in the second half is pretty light. And they have taken advantage of it lately. The problem with that in the short term is that the schedule um, gets a little rough uh, on Friday... The Braves come to town. Oh, the Braves are the best team in baseball. They are not playing great right now, so maybe that's a good thing, but still. Uh, then they go to the, they play the Blue Jays next weekend. Uh, but other than that, it it is weak. Three in New York against the Mets, who have given everybody away, which probably means they'll sweep the Cubs. Uh, two more with the White Sox, and you can't get enough games with the White Sox these days. Three with the Royals, three with the Tigers, four with the Pirates. That all does bode well. So you just have to survive those six games with the Braves and the Blue Jays. They finish up with the Brewers to end August. Um, Three games there. Then uh, they get a day off. They've got a doubleheader with the Reds on the 1st of September. That's a four-game series against the Reds. Uh, And that starts a stretch of competitive teams. It's four with the Reds, three with the Giants, four with the Diamondbacks. Then they get the Rockies and the Diamondbacks on a road trip. Um, They finish up with the Pirates, three with the Rockies, and then a road trip to end the season. I don't know why I said they finish. I guess they finish up the home season with three with the Pirates and three with the Rockies. The season ends with three in Atlanta and three in Milwaukee. So hopefully by then the Braves are, they've clinched everything and they're not paying attention. And then the Cubs are close enough to the Brewers that those games matter. But the schedule does bode mostly pretty well for the Cubs, who in recent weeks have been just bludgeoning bad pitching. And keep that up, and you're in pretty good shape. There is the not-small issue of the fact that Drew Smiley is bad now. Marcus Stroman was really bad, and now is on the injured list. So, you're basically hoping the second half, uh, Jameson Tyon keeps trucking. And that you're going to get, you should get good starts out of Justin Steele and then Kyle Hendricks. And then God knows what. Hayden Wisneski, Javier Asad. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of talk when they promoted uh, their top pitching prospect, Ben Brown, to uh, to AAA, that he's going to fast track him to the big leagues. And then uh, he pitched pitched relatively well, but a short outing, of five innings. Then he went on the injury list, to which uh, one very prominent um, news aggregator, was like, it's probably fine. They put guys on the injured list of the minors for nothing all the time. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Uh, A guy who you were saying was probably going to come up for the pennant race, they're like, just just put him on the injured list for a little bit. That'll be fun. Just to give him a rest. He's overwhelmed by you know, uh, the S's are silent in Des Moines, but the city is buzzing and the big lights of Des Moines can really mess with a guy's head. So we'll see what happens. Um but yes yeah, so, uh looking ahead to who's who their competition is for these playoff spots, you know they're only three out now in the division they're um the Reds are uh a half a game ahead of Milwaukee and then the Cubs are in third with three games out the Brewers have won, are on a losing streak um well they've lost one in a row but they they've only won three of their last ten the the Reds have obviously lost the two games they got pounded by the Cubs. The Cubs' recent barrage of runs has them the, the precious run differential now at plus 77, which is the third best in the National League. But here's a funny thing: the team that's fourth best is a team that is still flying under the radar because everybody's like, "Ah, they're bad. They're not. They're just not going to get it together." Uh, it's the Padres at plus 75. The Cubs are plus 77. The Padres are plus 75. The uh, the Padres, for a team that everybody's like, well, the Padres aren't going to make the playoffs, they're a game and a half behind the Cubs in the wild card. And this is a team with an expected run or win, um, expected wins even more than the Cubs. According to the way they've scored runs, they should be 62 and 47. They're 54 and 55. They didn't sell at the deadline. They tried to add some more parts. Um, they are 0 and 10 in extra innings just split those and they're in a wild card spot so that's that's the margin we're dealing with here so if I were the Cubs I would be concerned that um, their Golden Arches nemesis um, is close and far more talented than they are and frankly most of the teams that are ahead of them. The Diamondbacks have a really good young team but they're not playing well and it could be a case of a young team that just starts to kind of wear out as the season goes uh, the Marlins are ahead of them, and they can pitch really well. Uh, they they don't hit great. Um, they're a team that's playing over its skis, according to the expected wins losses. They're fifty eight and fifty two, and they should be fifty two and fifty eight. So who knew Skip Schumacher was such a strategic genius? But apparently he is. Uh, then there's the three teams that are actually in. Uh, it's not a tie anymore. Milwaukee is uh, a half game ahead of of Miami. So the the and the Cubs are in fifth in the wild card race. Um, the Giants are in the first spot. The, the Phillies are in the second spot. And the Brewers are in the third. Then it's Miami, Arizona, and the Cubs. But they're all bunched, obviously, within, within two games of each other. Um, you know, there, There's no reason this Cubs team can't vault three of those teams and sneak in with that last spot. Um, I would say that given the, the Giants are a weird team, they pitch really well, they have a really good bullpen. They play really good defense. A year after they played horrible defense, but their offense sucks, and they're a weird mix of rookies and old guys like Wilmer Flores and Brandon Crawford. And um, so there's no sure, there's no sure bet. They didn't do anything. The only thing they added was AJ Pollock. Like, good lord, he's in like 176, and they traded for him because they needed an outfielder for a while. They for the first, I think, 100 games of the year, they didn't allow Jack Peterson to play in the outfield. Uh, he's now playing quite a bit in the out, <laughs> in the outfield. And playing like a guy who's like, yeah, Jack, just just DH and sit. Uh, then there's the Phillies, a team that's basically made up of just DHs. Uh, but they can hit. They obviously were a World Series team last year. It's, it's a quality team. And then the Brewers, who, you yeah, know, we see them all the time. So is the division a better route? It's, it's probably 50-50 as to whether or not you can, you know, you got to catch the Brewers either way, right? And I think the Reds aren't there for the, for the long haul. And so it probably is a 50-50 shot. Is there a chance that the Central has two playoff teams despite the fact that it's not very good? Yeah, and actually it might be. You might get the Cubs and the Brewers both in the playoffs. Um, somebody's got to win the division, and then one one team can snake one of the wildcard spots. You might be all right. Uh, it's just, it's really interesting. There's really two levels to the National League. You know, there's the Braves that are clearly out there on their, you know, ahead of it all. Then there's the Dodgers who are trying to do this weird thing where they're trying to thread the needle where they're trying to win, but they are tr- also trying to, they tried, and they successfully did. They stayed under the luxury tax even though they were going to flirt pretty heavily with it with that, uh, the trade for Eduardo Rodriguez that he turned down. He They don't did a trade because he wouldn't go. Um, they stay under the luxury tax and it resets and then they, the expectation is they're going to go apeshit uh, after Shohei. Uh, but, you know, their biggest pitching addition then was Lan- were Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Like, ugh. So typical you would look at and say, all right, well, it's the Dodgers and the Braves and then everybody else. It's really the Braves and everybody else in the National League this year because the Dodgers are just, you know, not that good. I shouldn't say they're not that good. They're not what we're used to them being. They're still a good team. 16 games over and they're going to win the division. And who knows? Maybe it's one of those weird cardinal things where they take what their inferior team goes through and wins a world series (laughs) after the better teams couldn't do it except in the COVID year. But I I don't see it. Um, I saw there was somebody who was going on about, you know, the Cubs, if they get in, they have the kind of pitching that can win a short series and make life miserable for somebody. (laughs) It's like, okay, how many times Justin Steele got a pitch then? I guess this, and this wasn't like when Strowman was pitching really well, and you're like, you could steal the first two games and move on, kind of like the Marlins did to them in 2020. Uh, you know, I don't know. Let's first things first. Let's just watch and enjoy the fact that they're they're in it, that they added. Um, we can we have two months now to be extra frustrated by the stupid shit that David Ross does with his ridiculous batting orders, where he just. Refuses to put Ian Happ either at the very top or bat him sixth or seventh, then because no, he's not going to drive in any runs. Stop putting Ian Happ in front of Cody Bellinger, because there's poor Cody stands on deck and watches Ian kill rallies right in front of him, or uh, force him into uh, two out RBI opportunities. <laughs> Take it easy on the Nick Madrigal love and just try to sprinkle his you know fleeting bout of com- of competence. Uh, don't overextend that. Uh, be very careful with journeyman Mike Talkman, who has done a nice job and certainly has a role on this team. Like you know, he is he's a good defensive outfielder. He's just a slow outfielder. Um, but obviously, the Cardinals can tell you, you know, he can jump just high enough. He's made nice plays. I have no problem with Talk. I mean, I'm the guy who created Talkmania. For God's sakes, I mean, I like him. I just I don't want a manager who looks at him and goes, "This guy's a star." He's not. He's a good player. Pick, pick spots for him where he can do one. For the most part, they have. Um, let's take it easy on the Tucker Barnhart stuff. I mean, come on. His defense has regressed. He's he's hitting right. I was really hoping he had like a good 20 at bat stretch. And I was like, oh, they can trade him now. And I don't even think they've tried. Uh, we'll see. Miguel Amaya's uh, first baseman's glove will get more action than he will the rest of the year. How about the fact that he has a first baseman's glove? And we we watched Trey Mancini just botch play after play after play, because oh, we've got to get another right-handed bat in the lineup say, why didn't you just try Miguel there? Would it have been worse? No. It wouldn't have been. This is the kind of shit that drives you nuts. Uh, but anyway, it's um, it was nice to get to a deadline and have the Cubs not not just have to listen to the perverts tell us, oh, my God, you won't believe this great trade Judd made. This guy, this guy they got is a sleeper. And he's from um, he's from Lithuania. <laughs> he's only played baseball for uh, eight days. But, oh, my God, the exit velocity. It's amazing. He's, he doesn't use a bat. He actually swings a tree branch. But once they get him a real bat, it's going to be amazing. If we didn't get a lot of this. You know, in six years, these guys the Cubs traded for are going to be Amazing. It's like, no, we got a guy who they immediately put in the lineup, and he has eight hits in two games. How about the fact that he played two years, Jamer played two years for the Cubs, parts of two years. He has more hits in his first two games back than he did in his first entire stint with the Cubs. Um, so we'll see. It's certainly more fun than get to the deadline, and we give up on the season, and, ooh, watch, here, Ian Happ's going to start hitting now because we're not trying to win anymore. Uh, it should be fun. Um, So if you made it to the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a little podcast news because we've made this official. As you know, the Chicago Bears are back in training camp. They've had a goal since training camp to bring Chicago a Super Bowl champ. Um, They're back, which means the Bears podcast is going to return, and we have made an enhancement to the podcast. Mike Busteria is back. For his third season on the Bears podcast, but also Mike Preznowski is going to join the podcast. There's going to be three of us sitting around being completely wrong, but hopefully in a funny way uh, about the Bears. So we're excited to have uh, Prez on board, and uh, we're going to start that. Uh, once the preseason gets up, we'll do uh, we'll do a preseason season preview, and then you'll hear us every week talking about the Bears. Uh, if you're wondering why Dave Brown wasn't on this uh, podcast, it's how's this? It's because um, Dave and I only communicate, other than when we're on the pod, through Twitter, which is a bad idea. <laughs> he got his account suspended for something, and we couldn't arrange the time. So instead of not doing a pod, I'm like, I will just blab on for a half hour, and I have done that. So we'll get Dave on, and we he, we can talk about what's coming up in the last couple of months of the season, and we will do that soon. So anyway, thanks for tuning in, and... Um, Talk to you next time. Many of us have herpes.